Blog Talk Radio. Do you watch Fox News all day? Are you dizzy from conservative spin? Are you a birther or teabagger? You might be suffering from a condition called barachnophobia. If so, the only cure is Liberal Dan Radio. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Warning, Liberal Dan Radio is not a substitute for doctor's advice. Severe cases of barachnophobia may require psychiatric help. This may prove expensive if Republicans repeal health care. Listening to Liberal Dan Radio may cause you to embrace things like facts, logic, and reason. If these symptoms last for more than four hours, you have been cured. For more information, go to liberaldan.com. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation is area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. You can also join us in the chat room at uh, blogtalkradio.com. Or if you have Skype, you can click the Skype button on the episode page and connect directly uh, uh, to me and the show, and I'll take your calls if you request to be heard. Um, going to uh, be talking about various issues today that you know took place over the course of the week. Uh, we have um, lots of different things going on. Um, I usually start the show with a snarky look at the headlines. Um, but, you know, for this show, I'm just going to go ahead and just start talking about the topics. And um, if if I decide to get snarky, um, then I may go ahead um, and, you know, just include the snark over the course of the show. Um, didn't necessarily plan any bits uh, this week. But again, if you want to call in, um, please be feel free to do so. Um, Several topics uh, we'll be talking about later on in the show. Uh, Cards Against Humanity. There was an article that was written about a game called Cards Against Humanity. It's a game that I've played. Um, and as the uh, as the developers of the game suggest, it's a game for horrible people. Um, then it's been suggested um, that perhaps you know people are are actually you know terrible for playing the game, and that it you know excuses or justifies bigotry, racism, misogyny, uh, and the like, um, and that you can't possibly be a good person if you decide to play this game. Um, I disagree, uh, and I'll go into that a little bit more later. Uh, there was a shooting that took place in Texas. Um, you know, the people holding this uh, this little thing, oh, you know, weren't necessarily. I don't. I don't, I don't I'm not going to sit here and, and defend their actions, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that they deserve to die either, um, or deserve to be shot at, or what have you. I'll go into that a little bit as well. Um, but the first thing I do want to talk about uh, is playing conservatives like a fiddle. Now, what do I mean? Um Something happened to me this week on my Facebook, on my personal Facebook page, and 
it, it reminded me of something that happened way back when in the 2008 election between Barack Obama and John McCain. This was the second debate, the town hall style debate. Um, and I had made a video about this way back when as well because this, you know, Obama played McCain like a fiddle. And here, here is what happened. Listen very carefully to what Barack Obama says. You'll hear Senator McCain say, well, he's proposing a whole bunch of new spending, but actually I am cutting more than I'm spending. Now, let's see what John McCain said less than two minutes later. Do you know what Senator Obama has voted for, is proposing $860 billion of new spending now? Okay, I forgot I edited it quickly. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was part of the video, you know, that I had just uh, quickly grabbed a little portion of it, the important part. And you know, Obama said, he said, look, he called his shot. He said, Senator McCain will say this, and here is my response. This is why he's wrong. Well, then Senator McCain, two minutes later in debate still says what Obama said he was going to say, which Obama pointed out was wrong. Now, McCain's not a robot. It's not like he's pre-programmed to say certain things with certain, you know, when the debate person asks. Um, but even if he was, you'd think that there would be some logic in, in there uh, that states, okay, well, if somebody manages to bring that up first, then maybe divert to something else or or, you know, be prepared maybe to say, say why uh, the Obama claim of, you know, offsetting spending with cuts is wrong or why. But McCain didn't do that. All he did was, you know, he, Obama said X, that McCain's going to say this, this is why he's wrong. And then McCain just re said what Obama said he was going to say. It really made McCain look like a fool. Well. I guess picking Sarah Palin also made McCain look like a fool, uh, but you know Obama basically played him like a fiddle, and that's pretty much what I'm what I'm talking about here. Is that you can there are certain issues that conservatives will bring up, or that you can you can basically. You can basically bring up an issue to a conservative and know that they're going to say something. You you can know that they're going to say something and 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 predict it and do so good of a job at predicting it that you turn up being right. This is what happened on my on my. I was having a conversation on actually somebody else's wall first. Uh, other people were involved in the conversation. And one of the things I decided to bring up, I was talking about racial inequality, I was talking about um, privilege, all sorts of issues were being brought up. Um, and the I brought up voter ID laws, so-called voter ID laws. And when I give my criticism of voter ID laws, now, to, to start off the conversation, just to make sure that we're clear, I don't believe that these laws are necessary because the ID requirements that are placed into this bill do not actually prevent fraud. On the other side, I have no problem with requiring with, with a flat re requirement of an ID 
being required to be shown uh, in order to vote. So you should be able to prove who you are in order to vote. You should be able to identify that you are the person voting. And not a lot of people tried otherwise, but you should be able to do that, and that's fine. Uh, but the problem with these laws are that, A, like North Carolina's law includes a provision that requires you pay money for the voter, for a voting ID if you don't have any other form of ID. Uh, and the Constitution basically, you know, not even basically, specifically, specifically prohibits poll taxes. You are not to, to be required to pay any sort of money in order to vote. So if you're being required to pay money for a license or, or, or a voting ID, uh, that is, you know, if you don't need a photo ID for any other reason and you're being required to pay money for that ID, then that is an unconstitutional poll tax. Or it should be considered an unconstitutional poll tax. Um, that is part of the other things. There are other things in the law, you know, about, you know, shortening um, voting times, shortening, shortening times that people are able to vote, which is, which is why I will call them so-called voter ID laws, is because it's not purely you're required to get a voting ID. If the law was you're required to get a voter ID, to, to have a picture ID to vote, if you can't afford one, we will provide one for you. If that was the case, then absolutely I would have no problem with the law. But the laws don't exist in such a vacuum, and they include other things that are specifically meant to dis, uh, to keep other voters from coming home, especially black voters. And it's not just, you know, bizarre conspiracy theory that I'm citing here. I have, you know, cited various, in the past, various uh, people in, in the Republican Party, former members of the Republican Party in Florida, Republican uh, a Republican um, consultant in in South Carolina, I believe it was, various other places where people have said that these new laws are being put in place to specifically suppress the black vote, to keep black people from voting. Um, not as clearly, but still, they said, you know, the person in Pennsylvania, the head of the Pennsylvania Republican Party, who basically said that these laws are put in place to give Mitt Romney Pennsylvania because they wanted to be able to uh, suppress enough votes uh, because they knew that if, you know, black voters come out mass, guess what? They're voting for Barack Obama. Um, and they're going to vote for the Democrat. They voted for the Democratic Senate candidate as well. Uh, so... They wanted to be able to give Mitt Romney Pennsylvania, and as such, they needed to try and suppress the vote as much as possible. It didn't work in Pennsylvania, but it had worked in other, in other areas. So these so-called voter ID laws contain other provisions that are not ID-related, that are specifically placed in the laws to suppress voter turnout, especially black voter turnout. So here's called it a party trick on my Facebook page because it had already worked once. What happened was I said these voter ID laws and you know are part of the problem you know, conservatives are having and trying to convince, you know, black voters to come vote for them. Because when you specifically enact legislation that is meant to suppress them from voting, why would you be surprised that they don't vote for you? And I said clear as day, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about the ID requirements in the law. I'm talking about the non-ID portions of the law. And then I said, 
that Anthony, who is the main one I predicted would do this, or other conservatives would st- will still come back and still respond to me and say, why does requiring a voter ID suppress black voters? Let's just be clear again. You, you bring, I brought up the voter ID law. I said that other parts of the voter ID law that have nothing to do with an actual ID, but the other parts suppress black voters. I then openly predicted that conservatives would ignore the comment that I believe it's the other parts of the law that suppress black voters. And openly predicted that when they would ignore that and they would then come back and say, why do does voting ID suppress black voters? And I laughed at them and I kept on laughing because it was predictable. And I did it. And the guy whose first thread was commenting, who wasn't the initial guy who I named, he goes, he asks me why to voter ID suppress votes, and I laughed. I said, I, I just told you that I don't believe that the voter ID requirement suppresses votes, that the other parts of the law suppresses votes. And I predicted that you would come in and give me this straw man argument. I predicted the straw man argument that you made, and yet you still made it. And then the one Anthony, who I told, who I said was going to do it, he came and did it. Then another guy came and did it. Three, I called my shot, and three people proved my point. These people are so entrenched in their, in their gut reactions when they hear anything. They hear you talking about any specific issue. They have a set response. Boom, there you go. This is my response. I start talking about voter IDs. Their, their initial response is going to be, why do voter IDs suppress black voters? Now, could it be that they they didn't even bother reading what I said? Because I, if, But even then, I don't even know if they understood what I wrote. Because if they understood what I wrote, they would know that I'm not talking about the ID requirements. I'm talking about the other things. And then all the other conservatives were clamoring around trying to say, oh, well, you know, but you, you don't want to talk about those other things. You want to bring up. That's because of these particular set of conservatives that I'm talking about. I've already presented that information to them to, to them many times. I've already discussed this many times with them. They already know. They should know. If they paid attention to what I'm saying, they should know. But they don't know because they're either unwilling or unable to understand the words that I'm saying, which which begs the question, why would I bother even debating these people in the first place? Because if, they're not, if, they, if they don't really want to have a serious discussion about the issues, then there is really no reason to have a discussion with them. If they're not willing to actually pay attention to what I say, then why should I bother saying anything to them? But it was a fun little party trick. So try and find some of your own examples of, you know, just issues where you, you, where you could just talk about something. You could talk, you could just lead with the, with the, 
whatever it is that it drives the conservative crazy. If you know that it drives a conservative friend of yours crazy, just lead with that. And then afterwards, predict their response. Predict, and I know you're going to respond this way. And see if they still respond that way, even though you've explained why responding that way is false. And I would love to hear, if anybody actually does this, I'd love to hear with other issues how they were able to make that work with those issues as well. Because I'd love to try and you know do this multiple times for these people, because it, it pretty much can become a game. It could be a drinking game if you want. Just don't get... I'm not advocating you get intoxicated, of course, and if you do drive safely and all that other fun stuff. But I just... It, it, it just... I even put, put later on posted on Facebook, I feel like Babe Ruth after he called a shot. Three times. Still laughing. Because just like John McCain did in that debate, Obama predicted what he would said and then gave the response already as to why he was wrong, but McCain still said it. I predicted what these conservatives would say in response to my post, that they would present a straw man argument of what I was actually arguing, that they would not understand what I was saying, and they still did it anyway. They ignored the other parts and just focused on the voter ID. And it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad that they're so entrenched in these ideas that, they, that they're just going to just have a rapid-fire response already planned without even actually bothering to listen. And it's sad that they're just that predictable. Anyway, let me go ahead and take the first commercial break. Uh, I'll return with uh, you know your calls, talk about the other issues, 347-838-8368. That's area code, 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on ROJS Radio Live with the girls, Monica RW, and Automax. I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job search, unemployment, and more from independent laugh, sanity-based point of view. So, tune in. ROJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network.
Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. You can join in the conversation also in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com webpage. You can also... um, Excuse me, you can also, uh, I will be posting uh, the sh- liberaldan.com. I will be posting an uh, update uh, there as well um, about, you know, with the show thread. And if you want to make your comments, leave your posts afterwards. You can also do so there or on, liber- on facebook.com slash liberaldan as well. Now, the second thing I do want to talk about is um, the shooting that took place uh, in Texas. Uh, Now, the people that threw this this thing that was going on, this little contest, was about drawing Muhammad. Now, people who are Muslim um, tend to have a problem with uh, the Prophet Muhammad being drawn, period. Um, They just don't like it at all. Now, this group that was involved with this, you know, event, um, Pam Geller's organization, um, Southern Poverty Law Center has called them a hate group. Um, let's see, this is this is uh, how the group dis- describes itself according to CNN. The American Freedom Defense Initiative uh, says it has several tenets, including freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, equal rights of all people, um, but choosing to do something um, that you know is going to make your adversaries angry. You know, you shouldn't be surprised that your adversary becomes angry. You know, don't mess with the bull, you get the horns comes to mind. Uh, so I'm not defending this. You know, I've had conversations with people who basically said that this... Um, you know, this. You know, this, such a thing should be done for art's sake. You know, and I, I have. A, to me, it's different when it's like Charlie Edbo, when you had that situation going on, and and that organization like mocked everybody. But yet, you know, certain people within the Muslim religion will act violently if you disrespect their religion, and that's wrong. It's plain wrong, purely wrong, plain and simple. I don't wish, you know, idiots like uh, the people who ran this event, you know, harm. I don't think that, you know, anyway, some people are saying, well, people should do this sort of thing just because it's art. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe they should do that sort of thing. Maybe. But, you know, for art's sake is one thing. But 
using art as an excuse for bigotry, you know, not, that's another thing. I don't think these people were doing it uh, for art's sake. I think the people that ran this event would probably uh, be upset if you posted some sort of uh, artwork about Jesus that they found to be disrespectful. So, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily like that kind of hypocrisy. Of course, that kind of hypocrisy doesn't justify shooting, being shot, or what have you. So, if you're gonna, I have to question someone's faith. If you believe. You have the right to believe in whatever religion you want to believe in. To practice your, to pr- your the right to, you know the right to practice your religion is just like the right to swing your fist, sort of, <coughs> or just like that analogy where the right to swing your fist stops when it hits my face. In reality, I don't have even have the right to swing my fist at you. Should be the right to swing my fist stops when I'm swinging my fist at you, because swinging my fist at you then becomes assault. But people. I just like to nitpick that one. I nitpick other things too. I blew someone's side note, blew someone's mind the other day because I was talking to them and, and you know with a glass half full, glass half empty, and I said, unlike other people, I like to say that the glass half empty is the optimist because it's not as empty as it could be. It was like mind blown. Anyway, so if. You have the right to practice religion as long as it doesn't harm anybody else. You have the right to speak and do things and say things, criticize other people's religions, as long as your actions don't actually cause actual harm to anybody else. And drawing a picture of Muhammad is not harmful to anybody. Period. End of story. It does not harm you. You should not... And if these people are not Muslims, then they're not... They don't believe, so they're not violating your religion. They're not violating Islam because they're not practicing Islam. So therefore, it's not a violation. It's like Jews can't eat bacon. Jews don't get mad when Christians eat bacon. Muslims don't eat bacon. You don't see Muslims going in shooting up bacon cheeseburger joints. But yet you have this, these people, I'm going to say they're a minority, they're not, they're not representative of all of Islam. Let's very, just be very clear. Far from it. There are radical extremists in every group, and I've, we shouldn't ignore all radical extremists in every group. But if you're, if you're religious, if, if your faith is harmed by somebody simply drawing a picture of an icon in your religion, doesn't that say something about your faith? Your faith should not be... It's just, you know, kind of like gay marriage. If two gay people get married, why does it affect you? Does that mean if, if 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 gay marriage harms your marriage, then one of the people in your marriage must be gay? Because then that person would be like, "Oh, I have options. I have options now. I can get married to somebody else that I really like." You you 
you cannot if you if your beliefs or your faith is harmed by the actions of somebody else insulting your faith, making cracking lies about the faith or whatever, doing a picture about the faith, then that speaks volumes about your faith and how non existent it must be. You really must not have faith if somebody else's words, somebody else being a douchebag can impact you in such a way. You should have be you should be steady in your faith and know that nothing that those other people could do can cause your faith to waver. And if that was the case, then you wouldn't have to go shoot people. Simple as that. Same applies to any other Christians who get mad when you have like I don't know, Virgin Mary made of crap or something like that. Or when somebody does something with, you know, Jesus that they find to be terrible. Oh, well, if your faith is, if, you, if you're angered by that, if that makes you so angry that you have to do something, well, guess what? That's that that's, that says nothing about them. It says something about your faith. So I would just urge anybody, if you if you're having if you're thinking that something is something is causing a violent reaction in you when somebody says something about your faith, a little inward reflection is probably called for. Less outward projection. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the second commercial break. If you want to join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Oops, I hit I didn't hit the button in time, so that's a little be a little bit let's break up the white noise there. Okay now. Uh three four seven eight three eight eight three six eight. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. you need legal representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands-on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504-528-9500. That's 504-528-9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs. So should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story? Well, with Origami Owl, you can do just that. An Origami Owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends, hang out, and design jewelry. There is no pressure to buy, but when you host a party, either in person or online, you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase. If you would be interested in holding a party, either online or in person, go to cassiezcharms.origamiowl.com. That is C-A-S-S-I-E-Z charms.origamiowl.com and contact Cassie today.
Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, we're coming, just talking about all variety of different issues, uh, how to play conservatives like fiddles, why, you know, uh, shooting people in response to them pissing you off about your religion is more reflection on you and less one of them. Um, and, you know, interesting... Uh, issue. Well, first, before I get to the next issue, I do want to say, you know, if you've checked, you know, I don't know, if you go to liberaldan.com, there is a link to uh, the GoFundMe page, and for some reason, uh, it went inactive, I guess, because I hadn't updated it in a while, but I just re-updated uh, the campaign, so if you support Liberal Dan Radio, if you want to, if you would like to see me grow, uh, if you would like to see the show uh, do better things, um, you want to so, support uh, certain bits like headlines, tweet of the week, words of redneck wisdom, um, anything really. You know, if you want to, you know, support the studios uh, or just, you know, just buy commercial advertising time. And if you're not, don't have a commercial interest and you just want to, you know, drop a few dollars here and there just to, you know, support the show, I, I'm more than welcome it. I would appreciate it. It would allow me to do this more often. Um, instead of just the one hour a week that I currently do it. Um, so, Cards Against Humanity. If, if For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Cards Against Humanity is a game. You can go to cardsagainsthumanity.com. They're not a sponsor. Um, but it it's a horrible game with horrible people. You can search online. Uh, for cards against humanity, and just just to you know, there are some horrible things that can be said. There are some funny things that can be said. Uh, dirty things. The cards can go very dirty. Uh, there's various different things, and, and there are people um, who will say various different things uh, about um, this game, and you can search for. Um, you know, best plays on, um, you know, Google, you could find image searches like, you know, basically the way the card game works, you have a deck of black cards, you have a deck of white cards. Uh, the, the black cards will have one or more requirements, you know, to fill in. Like, uh, there's a black card, Daddy, why is Mommy crying? And you, everyone would respond with a random one of their white cards from their hand. The judge of the round will take turns. Well, judges will, will decide which one they feel is the funniest or the best or the most smart, whatever. A lot of times when I'm judge, I, I might take the smartest answer um, over the one that might necessarily be the, the dirty answer or something. But sometimes the dirty answer is also smart or is just too good to pass up. Um, so this black one right here, mommy wise, daddy wise, mommy crying, and someone else played the glass ceiling. You know, that's you know something that you know makes sense. It's funny. It's smart. Uh, I have a friend who a lot of times will will manage to make some socioeconomic kind of point with uh, the card plays, and they're really good and they're really funny. Um, um, a conservative friend of mine, it was like, in a world riddled with blank, all we have is blank, in which case you'd submit two white cards, and um, you know this conservative friend of mine played in a world ravaged with Republicans or only Rosales's like coat hanger abortions, um, that sort of thing. Um, 
they have the opportunity to make your own cards. Uh, one of them, this one's pretty genius. So actually, you play three white cards in this one. Uh, I went from blank to blank, all thanks to blank. And somebody played, well, they might not have played this. They might have just, you know, forced it, which is, it can happen. Uh, I went from me to Batman, all because of dead parents. And they have, you know, expansions, and you can take, um, you can take the expansions, uh, you know, they have like holiday expansions that they've done, and I bought both of them, the first, or, you know, the ones where you send in your information and they were give and one of the cards I got in the mail for my 12 days of holiday horribleness or whatever was um, just my card with my name on it. And then the next year I did it again and they said, did you buy last year? I clicked yes. So they sent me my card, Daniel Zimmerman's butt. So now you can, there's, there's like a card that says blank would be woefully inadequate without blank. And so now you, technically you could be playing my version of the game and you could play Daniel Zimmerman would be woefully inadequate without Daniel Zimmerman's butt. And that would be a true statement. But, you know, I drink to forget blank and someone played alcoholism. You know, it's funny. Um... They've done funny things too. One Black Friday, they changed all their prices from $25 to $30. Instead of lowering prices, they increased prices. Um, how did I lose my virginity? The Make-A-Wish Foundation. You know, that sort of that sort of thing. But there are other... Uh, you know, there was one card, I remember, what do white people like blank? And, I, and one, the card that was played was what white people is. Again, I could go on and on and on. Then you can get into some more horrible things, like one of my favorite card plays in this game was um, Blank Kid Tested Mother Approved. And I I slammed my card down. And I said, winner, because it's all secret. You don't know who played what. But this is the winning card. Played it, and went through it, and I played an Oedipus Complex. Kid Tested Mother Approved. Now, if somebody in the game that I happen to be playing with, unbeknownst to me, happened to have been, you know, molested by our mother. You know, should I have worried about that while playing this card connection? There are other card combinations that, you know, can, um, you know, push limits on, on, on social issues. Like, for example, you know, there's some, you know, um, the Underground Railroad, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and them, not in, in and of itself are bad, but, you know, the card was blank, was a slippery slope that leads to blank, and I played uh, the Underground Railroad is a slippery slope that leads to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And everybody laughs, and it's funny. Does this mean I'm a racist? I don't think so, but according to this one article, this is the point I'm getting to, um, at shutupandsitdown.com. That's this... Uh, blog and, and I guess let's let's go to uh, kind of the about of the blog um, eh, they don't really have a necessarily an about on the top um, it's pretty much a gaming blog uh, blog for gaming there we go about us Hello, do you play board games? If you do, you're in the right place. We're a group of writers, videographers, coders, and designers who want to create a glittering home for you. If you don't play board games, you're also in the right place because we want to show you how amazing these things are, the amount of talent in today's uh, scene and awe-inspiring and dedicated 
Um, that's what I call it. Is that something? Anyone looking for old episodes of them here? Shut up and sit down is, and it has several contributors and their biographies about certain things. So there is a. Interesting. This is that is interesting that that they actually have a little thing where they'll review a game and then they'll, they'll give you the opportunity to buy it. But it doesn't necessarily. I don't know if they shut it down specifically for Cards Against Humanity or not, which I guess is good on them since there's since they are um, criticizing it. But they it's a pretty long review of the game. Actually, they give a description. Um, of the game, and then they have a review of it, and the review basically tells you, um, you know, they start off as saying it's Lego for jokes. So you have pieces that you put together on the board, and you find the best one. They say, you know, I have problems with a lot of things. They say, they say no creativity is, almost no creativity is required, because uh, the power of chance deal you your cards. But that's fine. Yeah, you you do get random cards, but you can be very creative with the cards. Um, And then they start talking about responsibility. Um, They give a trigger warning, which I have no problem with trigger warnings. Just, you know. And the cover of the box is Cards Against Humanity, a party game for horrible people. And that almost should tell you what you need to know. Um... You know, latest edition, which I bought very recently, omits some of the cards that have caused the most upset. Um, past wolves, transvestites, date rape, uh, poor people, the Jews. Um, still include cards as African children, poor people, the Jews, age, child abuse, and amputees. Um, and you know there are a lot of you know socially social advocates for social change who may have issues with making jokes about any of those things. And, you know, I I can understand if you don't like those sort of things. But it kind of comes down to the idea that um, let's see. Just to change the somebody retweeted to to uh, um, so I'll talk about various topics this week, including shooting people because they're offended by your religion. Blah blah blah. Someone said, "Westboro Baptist Church offends my religion, but shooting them is the answer." And I'm Episcopalian. So yeah, okay, good. I retweeted them. So back to the topic at hand of cards against humanity. You know, let's. I might go to the Twitter tubes and, and see if I can get some other people's comments on this issue because I'm sure, um, I'm sure it's gonna it's it's gonna be a cause of of much discussion. Um, because you know a lot of these people are you know you're, you're going to have the two sides of there's probably going to be at least at least three sides to this argument that are, come, that are going to come down. There's going to be the sides of the people who absolutely agree with this article. And I have friends of people who choose not to play the game Cards Against Humanity simply because you know they, they don't like 
making jokes about certain things. And that's fine. If you don't find such jokes funny, you choose not to play it, more power to you. You know, uh, but those friends also don't necessarily, I don't hear them going around judging other people who do. And this is kind of what this post is. They're judging what other people do. And, I, and I'm not going to go out and say that this that this post is akin to the posts of, you know, click. It might be a little bit of clickbait, but it's not necessarily uh, better to be right. Better better to be popular than right. I don't necessarily think because they're giving their opinion and they're not stating facts. So therefore, it's not really necessarily, in my opinion, a right or a wrong issue. It is a it is an issue about um, what they feel. Um, unfortunately, they seem uh, to be coming down on the side of that that they what they feel is um, is the right way to play or right way to be. Um, and in that sense, you know, I I, I disagree uh, because of the fact that there's I've said this before. Like, there's no one right way to be a feminist. If you if you end there, many people have the end goal of wanting to, you know, eliminate male privilege, eliminate um, discrimination discrimination against women in the workplace. Um, they want to end all of those things. And, and there's, there's no one right way to get there. A lot of people want to end rape culture. There's, you know, but might disagree on some of the specifics. Uh, some people think, again, think it's a bad idea to tell people to... Um, always watch your drink. And other people think it's a bad idea to say that because they view it as victim blaming. But just because you are a, you know, a, a pro watch your drink person doesn't mean you hate women. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, trying to promote rape culture. It just, you know, as I've heard it, you know, said by women who called it on the show, um, that it's because you know, people are living in the real world versus the ideal world. Um, at least that's how they view it. They don't necessarily view themselves as not, they're not, they don't view themselves as rape apologists, and then I don't think they should be viewed as rape apologists because they have a different view than other people on how to can deal with the problem of rape. There are many different, and there are people who will say, you know, about all of these issues that, again, you cannot joke about these things. You should only punch up. You should never punch down. There are other people who might suggest, well, it's not if you as long as you're punching everybody, there's no issue with with punching in comedy. Period. By punching, I don't mean literally putting a fist into somebody's face. I mean, you know, mocking upwards versus mocking down, which is uh, why you know some comics, you know, you might you might see some people who make jokes, you know, you know, black comics make jokes about white people, but white jokes might be white people might be less likely to make jokes about black people, and so on. Um, but are there other people who, you know, I don't think are, you know, bad people at all, but they do make fun of black people. They make fun of everybody. They will make jokes. They will make racial humor. And just because it's racial humor doesn't mean it's racist humor. I think, you know, there are some people who believe that intent is irrelevant. Uh, there are some people who think that intent is relevant, that if somebody is not, is obviously being, um, you know, somebody who's, who supports a good cause, but still makes them funny doesn't necessarily mean that they're um, you know, a bad person. And just because you don't find it funny doesn't mean it's not funny. Uh, it's another thing that you often hear you know, comedians talk about. 
um, I'll say it as well that, that there are you know certain things that people say are not funny, um, but uh, well maybe Dennis Miller I think Dennis Miller at this point we can say is not funny maybe he used to be but not anymore but in generally speaking it's not that it things are not funny it's that they don't find that funny. So you're going to have the people, but you're going to have the people in this discussion who are going to a be the you, you should only punch up, you should never punch down. None of these things should be joked about. I refuse to play the game. And then you have the thing of you know where where they're also advocates for change in social policy, pushing to end racism, bigotry, uh, who are feminists who want to include increased rights for LGBT, uh, who want to um, stop transphobia, who want to uh, make sure that people are treated equally, but who also feel that you know making jokes in a game such as this amongst your friends is not necessarily, you know, is not, does not trump the fact that you've done these other things as well. Um, it, is, it should have nothing to do with it because this is a game and it's not serious versus people taking actions that are serious. And then you have the people who don't care about social change and it's going to be saying, um, let's see, who basically are going to say, well, you're supposed to be offensive, that's the point, and uh, they're going to say other things like um, who they're not going to be, they're not going to care. They're going to probably make arguments that are, you know, insensitive to people who care about these issues that the authors bring up, and you know, put their response in a way that doesn't make the pro uh, cards against humanity uh, social advocates work. Um, somebody else had an article. Um, let's see. This guy has a quote from uh, Carlin inside every cynical person. There is a disappointed idealist. Um, and it, I read during my research on the subject a quote that I think addresses this controversy perfectly. And I'll. Uh, controversy is either funny or offensive. It is your choice. Everyone recognizes that there are terrible, shocking things that, if taken seriously, would be absolutely indefensible. But they're not taken when they're but they are not taken seriously, which is where the humor lies. Personally, I would rather make light of the terrible things in the world in my leisure time with friends than spend every moment in outrage. Spend your life making the world a better place, but do take a break from lifetime to time to laugh at it. Uh, from Sven. So I'll leave you with that. You can laugh or cry, but you're taking this game seriously, then perhaps you should reconsider playing games. And please, for your own sake, don't play any video game ever. Stick with Monopoly, where you can pretend to be all anti-coon and raise the rents on your invisible tenants while systematically wiping out all competition. Which is actually, you know, another funny thing. Because the in actuality, uh, the original game of Monopoly did not um, was did not just have that um, rule where you you could actually take the position of a capitalist or an anti-capitalist, uh, and you could uh, combat accordingly. And the anti-capital the capitalists had rules were pretty much the same as the standard rules, and then the anti-capitalist rules were a little different. Um, but you know, anti-capitalists could start, I think, building hotels on 
um, non-completed monopoly sections, but they get less rent for them, for example. Uh, so, um, but this is just a side note. Um, you know, I, I'm not, not necessarily the type of person that's going to say, you know, that people are oversensitive, you know, because sometimes, you know, there are, there are real issues there. Um, there. There are some real issues there that should be brought up, and, and you should be aware of, of of the issues that are talking about. You should, you should, you know, not, you should be socially conscious to those issues that are being joked about, but I don't necessarily believe that making those jokes makes you makes you an actual terrible advocate. Um, you know, somebody says the the fun in making this is, is making in making the fun is in making a smart joke, not uh, the awful one. I don't necessarily. Um, you know, I do agree that there is fun in making a smart joke, but I think there's also fun in making an awful one. Um, anyway, that, that's kind of my point on the issue there, is that um, the idea the idea that, that people shouldn't be playing this game um, is Let's see. Um, there's another blog post. Can you please stop with Cards Against Humanity? Um, of course, the guys that shut up sit down are good friends of mine. I play lots of fun games with them. Um, I'll certainly be biased in favor of their arguments, but the thing I like loads about the piece is it calmly addresses every argument that every dude who will pop a vein over his right to make an edgy rape joke will constantly try to present as if they were the first ones to come up with it. Um a good takedown not only for the particular game but of geek culture's fixation in general that the idea of arbitrary witless offensive is some sort of sacred bastion of humor play fun or speech it just doesn't have to be that way we're supposed to be smarter than that and, and you know I I, it, I, I I'm going to kind of bring in another thing I'm taking a writing course right now you know it's almost finished my last class is this upcoming Tuesday and it was um, somebody apparently in a previous writing class had had written a line from one of the girl, a teen girl in one of her stories, and the teen girl they were sitting on, on, out and having a conversation, and one of the girls called the other one retarded, and somebody in the class was completely offended by it. How could you use that language? I have a girl that I have a daughter. That daughter has um, you know, mental handi- has issues with uh, mental handicap. Um, uh, mental disability, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and and the use of that language is offensive. But and the author who leads this class made a valid point, which is that if, if, if you're writing a story, your characters have to be real. If you're writing a story, your characters have to be real. So if you're writing a story about a little 12-year-old girl, she has to sound like a 12-year-old girl. And what will a 12-year-old girl do? A 12-year-old girl is likely to call somebody else retarded. If I was writing a story, and part of the story included two um, racist people in Alabama, Klansmen sitting on the porch, and all of a sudden there comes a 
black person walking down the street of their neighborhood, they are not going to say, oh, why look over there, there happens to be uh, African-American gentleman walking down our streets. I wonder what she's doing here. This is not his neighborhood, and such folks are typically not welcome in his parts. Would they say that? No. They'd probably drop the N-bomb a couple times and say, oh, that gosh darn, he should not be, he needs to get his ass out of town before I force him out of town because he needs to stay in his own side of town because I don't like damn people at all. That's what they would probably say, something to that effect. And if they did drop the N-bomb, and if it's in the, if the book has the N-bomb, okay, like, like Huck Finn, you know, they want to ban the word, ban the book because it has the N-word in it. But it's a period piece, and it has, some people in that time are going to use that word, and it's, well, it's use in general conversation might not be okay if you're going to effectively represent a character from the time, he may very well say that. I'm not saying <coughs> you have to go overboard like Pulp Fiction or Quentin Dantiro just, just made every excuse to drop the N-bomb every four seconds, you know, dead storage. I'm not saying you have to go that far. I'm just saying is that it, it, if your character is that way, your character has to be that way. Just like all the people that were being critical of the newsroom and how the individual in the story, the, the man in the story, the, are the, the um, producer, the, the person who went out to go interview the rape victim, uh, he acted in an imperfect way. He acted like many men would act if they were going to go interview a rape victim. If he acted in the perfect way, acted in the way that people should act when they're interviewing rape victims, it would not be a believable story. It would not have been a believable character. So, these type of people exist. And a lot of times, you know, when people are playing these sort of games, they're kind of, you know, mocking that sort of attitude and coming up with the worst thing. You know, and it, you know the bottom line is, you know, I will continue to play Cards Against Humanity. I think it's it's a very fun game. I think they're not in my sponsor again, so I make no money off of this. But I think it's a very fun game. I think that uh, people have every single right to not enjoy the game, to not enjoy that type of humor. Uh, but I don't believe that these people are correct in stating that, uh, you know. In playing these games, you are somehow promoting some anti-feminist, anti-social justice, anti-equality type of society. Um, you know, advocate for change in your life, yeah, absolutely. But sometimes, you know, I guess people asked Mel Brooks a long time ago why he made fun of why he included so many Nazi jokes and it was like well that's how Jews coped that's how we coped with such things by making such by making light of them by making light of them they take took away their power and maybe the people who are making such a stink about this game should take that other point of view into consideration that if 
by making light of the people that do such things. Not necessarily making light of the victims, making light of the people that do such things. Making, you know, showing it to be, you know, as ridiculous as it is, maybe you start to take away its power. And they're free to disagree with me if they want. You're free to disagree with me if you want. I welcome your calls, welcome your comments. More than happy to, to, to debate this with you. But that is the end of this show. Um, so I will be back. Uh, start my new job tomorrow. Uh, but I will be back this next this same time next week, 8 p.m. Central, on Blog Talk Radio. You can look me up at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Again, until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.